Welcome to 20 Good Minutes. We are back uh, with our weekly podcast that we record every week without <laughs> fail, every single time. I am joined uh, by by a guest today, my guest, Dr. Benji. Thank no, you so no, much no, for... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We co-host. We've, we've been through this a hundred times, over a hundred times, mainly off the podcast with the emails I have to send. Uh, no, I'm back as a co-host to 20 Good Minutes. It's we really do appreciate special. him. We appreciate him taking the time to join us today and to to walk with us through through the different topics, uh, yeah. you know, as as a guest. Mm. So, yeah. I'll be honest. I was worried that you'd replace me, and these are, these episodes are still been going out. But I've checked the Spotify. No, January. So that's that's strong guest behavior. Is what that is. Yeah. You're, you're, I thought you're, I was just coming on for my, my my appearance that I have every now and then. Just pop on. Exactly. And we needed the we needed to bring you back by popular demand Thank as you. part of the Thank podcast. You so much. Yeah, of course. And we're, of course, going to be talking about Christian Pulisic in Milan, which is exciting. I've got to hit my bingo card of mentioning me studying abroad in England and the U.S. national team in CONCACAF. Yeah, we have to mention all of that at some point. EAFC, I won a tournament in that. Don't think I'm not going to talk about that extensively. Saudi Arabia has happened from the last time we did one of these podcasts. True. It just exists now. Uh, But out of all of those things, the main thing that we're going to start with is Liverpool and the Premier League, and the fact that Manchester City is vulnerable, finally. Do you believe, as a Liverpool fan, that you are going to win the Premier League this year? Or at least what that this is going to be entertaining. It's like a cold open. Uh, <laughs> do I think I'll win the Premier League? I think we've got a chance. I'll take a chance. I'll always take a chance. I think when City are in the league, you sort of consider yourselves an underdog. So it doesn't really matter if I think we can definitely win it. But I think we've got that ability this season that seems to come back if we need to. We keep conceding first as like a test, which I'm not loving. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, we've got a chance. But I th- but the problem is, I think Arsenal and maybe Tottenham, question mark, have also got a chance, which I'm not a fan of. Oh, I uh, love Brighton. Ange. I love Ange. Well, yeah, Ange Postacoglu's been now. a revelation, mate. No, 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 because he's not won anything yet. As soon as he wins something, everyone will hate him. At this point, everyone's going, you see what happened with Klopp. Everyone thinks Klopp is like a moany, whingy guy now. But Klopp was always like the same personality. He hasn't radically changed other than that he won everything. So now the attitude to Klopp is, oh, I don't like the winners. So as soon as Ange wins anything, which really is a you know, good strategy, go to Tottenham, probably won't win anything. But as soon as he does win something, then it's going to be, oh, can't believe he's speaking about this and that. Stay in your own lane, etc. Always oh, whinging all of a sudden. Like, it'll, enjoy him while we like him. As soon as he wins something, hate him. I I don't think that's true. I think that Ange Postecoglou well, is I naturally. Students, but, I think he's mm. naturally a more likable person than Jurgen Klopp. I think he's naturally a more likable person. Is it because he's Australian? I mean, a little bit, but it's. I think it's also that Jurgen Klopp is is. The, the more that he's spent around the Premier League, the more people have gotten familiar with his game. The whole meme about him complaining about the length of the grass and those. He's very, he's a bit complainy. I don't think Ange Postacoglu is a complainy guy. And I think not com- yet. Compla- well, not yet. Maybe that just comes with age and years. <laughs> it will. I'm being, in the, I'm being in the Premier League and dealing with British press. Like there'll be a point where the British press will just turn on him because they'll give him they'll give him one answer they don't like, or there'll be an injustice that goes against Tottenham that will disagree with the mainstream opinion, and then people will destroy him. Because that's what we do in England. We big people up until they're too good, and then we go, we hate this person, now bring them down to about where we, we want them to be. So I feel for him in the future. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I'm worried about the future of him. Like Automatrix, thank you for the 48 months. I, I just needed to do that once because we are recording this 
podcast live, by the way. Uh, it's the first time we've ever done this, so we're doing this mm. in front of an audience, and we, you know, welcome the chat to make their opinions heard, and we can we can address the ones that we agree with and ignore the ones that we don't agree with, like any good oh. host. Um, I, I just wanted to do that once, just to see if you'd get mad that I was I was thanking. I, you, so. Well, you know, you know, I am. You know what you've done. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I but look. Not, I made well, a video about Ange Postacoglu. I think he's awesome, but I also I have to I have to say I I believed that Jurgen Klopp over the last two years was becoming disillusioned with the whole process. So I am, I am pleasantly surprised that he has not only stayed in the prim. I thought he was just going to leave and retire or something for a few years and then come back, but that he's managed yeah. to kind of turn the ship around. I don't know if I saw that coming because he seemed to be getting cha he, he seems to be chafing more and more against the authority and the way things are. Yeah. The, and also the task is massive. To try and continually oust a powerhouse that is like Pep Guardiola and Manchester City is extremely hard, especially when you have, like, you could you could kind of see Arsenal coming. You could see Manchester United, well, in the distance, uh, but you could see other clubs that were going to, like, bring themselves up and around Liverpool and Manchester City, and that would that would naturally bring Liverpool down a step, probably, because of what was happening. And obviously, teams need to rebuild, and Klopp's had a reputation not necessarily being able to do that because he lost his best place to Bayern Munich because he was at Dortmund, and obviously there was... People got to the end of their cycle at Liverpool. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It's nice to see that it's still in him and that he still wants to push for it and still go for it because undoubtedly over the last decade, like Liverpool have been the biggest and best challengers to Manchester City. So you want that, that rivalry sort of come out of competitiveness and, the, and, and a respect that you don't always get in the Premier League as well. A lot of it's quite vitriolic, but not with these two. This, this has always seemed quite respectful, which other fans hate. But I personally, quite, I, I quite like it because I, quite, I quite, quite like and, and those boys but yeah for the football reasons anyway that's weird is somebody that is i shouldn't, I shouldn't should i really but no is somebody that's experienced them. the english footballing culture a lot more since the last time that we spoke i went to taunton i went to a non-league match and these teams don't even know who they are like they don't even know who they're playing against but they're just shouting obscenities like 10 year olds in the front row are just shouting obscenities at this other team because they happen to be the the flavor of the day the opponent of the day so at the absolute top of the english pyramid for the two teams to be respecting each other while that makes complete sense in in my american sports understanding like you hate your rivals but sometimes you're competing against another good team and you you can end up respecting them in England in particular, where it seems like everybody that you play against, you're supposed to just yell at and hate with like the fury of a thousand suns. Yeah. I can understand why English fans would be upset that you guys don't hate each other. But but Arsenal sort of, I think Arsenal and Liverpool are kind of the same because of the, the Arteta-Guardiola relationship. This sort of mutual hatred and dislike for Manchester United brings us all together. So we don't, like, like we don't, like, and, and City are kind of an anomaly in that, it's just sort of like a business project in the world of football that is going on and is acceptably brilliant. And you can't really stop it, but you also don't really begrudge it because there is this attitude of like, it could be anyone. And that's not to say City fans should enjoy it and everything like that. We've been through this like a million times, I'm sure. But it's the kind of stuff that, because there's this neutral evil for all of us in Manchester United, we don't really care what the other ones are doing. Like that competitive, like respectful competitiveness can exist where we can all sort of, line our hatred towards what Chelsea well laugh at Chelsea and you know hate what Manchester United do generally every week or enjoy it at least and I'm so I'm, know, I'm so glad you mentioned Manchester United because what what the hell is going on with Manchester well, I thought Eric Ten Hag was the savior he was the bald savior he was Dutch pep and now he's he's tanking it with Chelsea who have spent the entire GDP of Tuvalu and haven't they've got nothing to show for it 
Well, I'll tell you who's going Coming soon for the beta of Football Manager 2024, Eric Ben Hag <laughs> will be taking over at Manchester United, and I'll be fixing it. So don't you... We'll find out what's gone well, wrong over how, there. How, how are you going to fix it, then? What's your move? Well... There's options, aren't there? Because of the way Football Manager have brought out this year's game, you can start before the transfer window. So I could completely do or redo things. Um, but having like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a good option or not. We'll have to see. Or do I go in and basically, but, oh, there's two options for me. I either just bring back, I bring back Ashley Young, bring back Nanny, just bring back winners <laughs> from Manchester United. Alternatively, I, uh, I just start selling all the players that I don't think are capable for actual quality ones. Which I don't know if I don't know if Manchester United is listening. I'd do that as well. If I in real life, I'd just get rid of all the ones that don't work, and um, yeah, bring in good ones that have. A, because Eric Ten Hag's gone into United, and everyone did have this idea of oh, he's going to revolutionise it, and he's a bit of a character. But similar to how like Postecoglou will deal with this at some point is that if you don't actually prove it by winning, then there's question marks of well, can they even do it? And Ten Hag is already in that position of like, oh, is he actually the right guy for this? Because progression is so difficult to be like the best with the teams that are already there i don't know like the expectation for Ten Hag is that you should just be fighting for champions league places so they're obviously falling below that at the moment the problem he's got is that the rebuild is still massive in what he needs to do because they don't play like Ten Hag's Ajax they play like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United more than they play like Ten Hag's Ajax so i, I don't know what he's supposed to do from here because it's again the uphill challenges continually uphill there's no, there's never like a plateau moment for them no i think i think they're in a terrible spot because they're running into this modern issue in the era of ffp there was always going to be the shock to the system where you ffp is essentially uh, this sort of tiered salary cap right where you can only spend this certain amount of money as long as you're bringing this certain amount of money in so there was going to be a shock to the system and the shock to the system that's hitting manchester united is that they're stuck with huge wages on guys that aren't no other club is going to pay Harry Maguire what Manchester United is paying him. And he's not the no. only one on the team. I think Donny van de Beek probably fits in that situation. When we yep. both play football manager, that's something that happens to you a lot in the game where you give a guy a big wage and then you just can't sell him because you're already paying him uh, too much. And people that say FFP is a myth, like somebody in the chat just said FFP is a myth. That's not true. Now, the enforcement of it is obviously a huge mess, but it does exist. And if you break the rules flagrantly, you will get caught at least, you know, as long as you do a bad job of hiding your oil state sponsorships that come in and pay you way too much yeah. money to to sponsor. That, that's a whole separate question. But the actual issues at Manchester United are they can't move the players. And not only that, they're stuck with the, seemingly this perpetually toxic locker room, whether it's Harry Maguire's bad and they have to strip him of the captaincy and he won't leave. Uh, and then you have actual, you know, legal issues, obviously innocent until proven guilty, but serious legal issues hanging over various players. Jaden Sancho's playing FIFA or EAFC while his team's <laughs> playing in the Champions League. Like Jaden Sancho is clearly checked out, thinks Ten Hag hates him, which is just going to make him hate him more, right? Like it, it's spiraling out of control. My hot take here is that Chelsea, even though Chelsea is just sucked for a long time, they have lower wages. They have younger talent. I think Chelsea's in a better situation long-term than Manchester United is. I think Manchester United's in, in real danger of having to just blow up and do another rebuild. We could get into the Chelsea, we could get into Chelsea a little bit because it's interesting that you draw the comparable because of one where they are in the league and also the strategic way they, which they've done things is completely different. I think the Chelsea situation is hilarious because 
Everyone, everyone's going, oh, aren't they clever? Are they outfoxing FFP? If selling 20-year-old academy players for 30 million is clever, then I mean, yeah, they're geniuses. It might be why Manchester United want to hold on to Mason Greenwood, by the way, and not just release him as they probably morally should, because they get to sell him for 20 million and it wipes off some FFP back catalog stuff. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but with Chelsea, right, so they're they're getting all these players in on like nine-year contracts. And everyone's going, oh, how have they done? What a clever thing to do. When Chelsea inevitably sack Pochettino in two years' time because it hasn't worked and Chelsea do this, what do new managers like to do? They like to bring in new players. And then another manager comes in and new players. So these players are nine-year contracts. We talk about Maguire. Chelsea are going to have Maguire after Maguire. Not in that, like, the bad players or anything like that or underperforming players. Just that the ability to move footballers on out of England is quite difficult. And so Chelsea have to, like provably win something with this squad in about like four years to make it worth it like it's it's very it's a very bold strategy and, it, and equally it's never been done before because it's not actually probably not that clever it's quite it's a very high risk and i guess you would say high reward but again you have we talk about the climate of football and how it's changing all the time and where, where teams are moving and players are moving and the strength of teams sort of fluctuating but there are being there are still these consistent powers like Manchester City I don't know how Chelsea fit into that like it, it depends who the next experienced players they bring in after the likes of Thiago Silva are because that, that I've watched Chelsea a lot like this season they just need a calm head they just need some experience around all of the youthful exuberance to go this is how we win football matches. They don't have nearly enough of that. So, whereas United just need like star power, it feels like they they just need someone to go. They need a Ronaldo, <laughs> not, maybe not Ronaldo, but they need someone to go in and go. Just do it like this. Can we just figure out an idea, please, and do it like this? Whereas Chelsea have, have got an idea that just isn't enough confidence in their own ideas at the moment i think it's a gamble because the way ffp works is you can spend more money if you make more money and so they've gone and spent a lot of money but then you need to competitively produce results in order to make enough money to afford the contracts and the amortized transfer yeah. fees that they're paying out right so if they i'm sure there is some exact math like if they don't get in the champions league in the next two to three years all of a sudden they're going to be failing ffp because they just gambled that spending all of this money yeah. was going to be worth it and they've got to get in the champions league but then if they don't get there they earn less money they can spend less money according to ffp and they get screwed i have no inherent issue with the long contracts because the point of the long contracts is the wages are a lot lower so mcguire per year is making like you know, three or four of these young guns at Chelsea's wages when you combine them all. But it's still going to be hard to move them because of the length of the contract. But they're getting young guys in, and they're saying, we're going to grow this together. I think long-term mm. that they're in a better spot than Manchester United. They could still end up failing FFP if they don't produce the results soon enough. But, like, all of these guys are way younger than me, right? There, There is a huge yeah, age profile difference between Chelsea and... Mm. Basically, everybody that they're playing against. I mean, the team is disgustingly young. And yeah, they're going to make some mistakes and be bad. I, I think the main issue is that they don't seem to have like a manager that they really, really wanted to back. Graham Potter was that, but he was just so bad they couldn't stick to it. I mean, how much do they pay him to leave? Like 40 million pounds? Yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was probably more, more around 15, 20, but still a lot of money. I mean, this is what Chelsea do, though. They don't care. Like, it's regardless of whether it's Abramovich or it's Bowley, they're just like, oh, well, write that off someone. <laughs> someone sign a check somewhere. But I, I just think it's such a gamble with this team. I think I think it's such a gamble that, we've again, we've never seen before. I think there's a really good reason for that and, and look, look Chelsea aren't going to be 
a dominant like forget the team they've got now they're not gonna they're never gonna be a dominant force in football and players like change agents like a new contract being signed because they get a big payout these are players that have gone to chelsea currently on wages they expect to be on in years time like players like casado haven't gone on the on the type of wage they should be on they're on the type of wage they should be on in three years when they re-sign that next deal so they have to hope it works out it's such a gap like again it's a massive gamble and you're right the only thing that keeps it sustainable is success and i'm not sure they've got enough like just just generally i just don't think the team is necessarily good enough and you've got to compare them against the top boys in the league and they're, they're just not on that level right now and they it has to happen pretty quickly and this is a team that need time so it doesn't work as, as yeah. like as a project. It's very, 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 very confusing to me. To me, I think there's a clear top six. And this isn't the actual top six in the Prem at the moment. But I, I think there's a clear top six. You've got the, yeah, the four, Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Liverpool. I think Newcastle and Brighton. I think those are the six teams that, in my opinion, can beat anyone on any day. No questions asked. Yeah. I think United and Chelsea don't fit in that category. I know Villa's off to a great start. I don't think they fit in that category either. But Brighton in particular has ju- they're just so in- they're so freaking impressive. They they're yeah. they scout the way that every every club wishes their club scouted. And they've I mean, you want to talk about FFP. I don't know if there's any club in the world that can spend more money than Brighton over the next three years. If they wanted to. I know they're not that yeah. type of club, but if they wanted to, I mean the amount of money that they've been able to stack on top of the like and they and unlike the amortization so if you give a guy a nine-year contract the fee pays out over nine years when you sell a guy that hits your books immediately so we might see brighton like brighton and hove albion spend a ton of money next summer or january even if it's just eight different wonder kids from different places yeah. Br- brighton get the the generosity of no expectation in that if brighton finish 14th no one goes oh brighton fall off a cliff or if brighton signs something that doesn't work out no one questions that failure at brighton whereas they can afford basically to do kind of whatever they want they can sell whoever they want they, like again there's not this expectation of be a champions league team be a european team so if, if they do move players on and they've got like a really solid system and like they've got the experience in within their team as well that if you bring a new player into that fold the idea of what they are is already set they don't have to no one's figuring it out at brighton like it's already been figured out it's up to the individual to go okay this is where i fit within it and if Brighton have to move someone on, they bring someone in. And again, the risk-reward for them is so it's so much less like than it would be at a team like Chelsea or Manchester United. But as a result, it gives the people that play on the pitch a freedom to just be the best version of themselves. And like Posse got that out of them. The Serbia got that out of them. They're, they're super impressive. They're like, they're, 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 the way in which they understand what each other do is basically similar. So the, the only equivalency I can bring, obviously, they played this weekend. is when Liverpool had it uh, with, with Wijnaldum and Henderson... And it was just like a, a constant rotation of fullbacks bombing on, knowing where everyone was. You're not thinking about it. When you watch Chelsea play, you watch Manchester United play the season as the teams that are supposed to be up there. They're always thinking about it. Brighton play like without thought. It's such a like it's such a amazing quality to see a team that you never really expect to be there be there. And as you said before, on their day can beat anyone. That's that's unbelievable for a team like Brighton. Yeah, they they just seem to be. There, there, there's a team for for the people from the Western Hemisphere, or the people from the the Far East that the watch baseball called the Tampa Bay Rays, who are from my hometown, that remind me of Brighton, where it, it, it most of the team is this nameless, faceless collective of new players that seem to pop up every year, 
that just somehow managed to beat all of these teams full of players who you actually know who they are, who are getting paid a lot more and then just get made to look like absolute fools when they play against Brighton. Is Brighton going to be affected by their time in Europe? Somebody asked in the chat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, everybody yeah, is. Of course. Find, me, yeah, find of course. me one team that isn't affected. The intensity, the number of matches, you know, the intensity of the matches and the number of matches get turned up. Add in the increased expectation, which they haven't had to deal with before. But again, hasn't you know, largely doesn't seem to have affected them. Like, obviously, every result hasn't been great for them. Uh, but they're still you know, freaking sixth in the league, which Manchester United and Chelsea would probably donate an organ on the black market <laughs> in order to end up in that space right now yeah. and not be yeah. mid-table fodder at the moment. Yeah, they're, again, they're, they're, it's such a luxury position to be in a football where the expectations, anything you do, the fans think it's great, even if you like, and ultimately the, their players work hard and try. And that, like such simple concepts that some of these bigger teams could just take a leaf out of their book from and you would have far less fan criticism because it's like, oh, at least we understand the idea. And it says a lot for the way football's moved in that now a philosophy is enough. Like, or, or especially if, again, you're not a team competing, if you've got an idea to get behind and fans support it, then like, the sky seems to be the limit for these teams. Newcastle proved it last year. Like West Ham proved it a little bit, even if it's not like the sexy style of West Ham football they expect. There's nothing to say that Brighton could finish 15th this year, get to a, Euro like a European final. And that's like a quality season for them. But the reality is they're going to be much better than that. So they're like they're, they're living the dream. Brighton fans can't, but probably can't believe their luck. They were a League Two team like ten years ago, or something like this. Yeah, unbelievable. They're the new Leicester. They're they're what I I used to call. I think the last time I started throwing this phrase around, it was Arsenal that was the worst big club. Brighton's the best small club. Right oh, now. yeah. They're, ju they're yeah, just yeah, the best probably. small club. And, and and not to mention Leicester's going to bounce back into the prim next year. I can't believe they got relegated in the first place. I, I've been keeping up with the championship enough to know that. Yeah. Uh, shout yeah. out to that. Like, I don't know if you saw this video, that 10-year-old Leicester fan that was just triggering grown men when they played Stoke City. I don't know if you, you came across this video. I'm, I'm sure some uh, people listening to this had. There was a 10-year-old no, basically putting his fingers up like 2 nothing towards a couple of adults like in the section over in, in these Stoke City right. adults. And this is that like English mentality. Oh, I that, have seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just like screaming at they're, they're giving them the business as like this 10 year old Leicester fan. So, so yeah. Leicester's the Leicester's proper Premier League. They're going to be back. Maybe Town, Jamie Vardy, by the way, just on that. Vardy, Vardy's obviously still at Leicester. I called the Vardy drop off last season when Leicester went down very early. Five games and I was like, Jamie Vardy's lost it. But what Jamie Vardy is doing, everyone sings about his wife and him all game. <laughs> And then there is a moment now in every game in which he scores where he celebrates directly in front of the opposing fans, no matter where he is, every single time. And uh, yeah, the the housery, I think is the phrase. There's a there's a word before it, but Mombot's in the chat. I'm not trying to upset. Um, yeah, th that they go through is... Pretty sure yeah, Mombot taught me that word, to, to be honest with you. I, but, uh, I yeah, doubt that he, very much. I doubt <laughs> that very much. Your father, on the other hand, a disgrace. But no, absolutely not your mother. Anyway. The it, it uh, I, I was so Brighton is the 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 biggest small club, the best small club in England. I'm going to transpose that onto Jamie Vardy and say that for a decade he's been the best non-league player in England. He is just the best <laughs> possible version of a non-league player. He's drinking monster. He does no fitness regimen. He just shows up, balls out, talks trash, goes home. It's a it's, yeah. the world needs people like that. The world's need the world needs people like Jack Grealish too, who will openly admit that they are not training twelve hours a day in order to do what they're doing. I love when people do that, and I respect the players like Ronaldo. Like I know it's Erling Holland, just ten hours of 
calisthenics a day or whatever, but not everybody <laughs> needs to be a complete psycho in order to play at that level. I mean, Jamie Vardy's a psycho. He's just a psycho in a different way. Yeah, I, I, I've no doubt Jamie Vardy drives a really expensive car, but in my mind, he drives like a Ford Escort. And, he, and like he, he, push, he has to push it to most games because it breaks down. I don't want to know if he drives like a Range Rover. <laughs> that would really ruin my image of Jamie Vardy more so than it already is. Um, but yeah, in summary, past it is a Premier League footballer, but enjoying the nonsense he's doing in the championship. Continue that, please, Jamie. If you listen. Yeah, I, I feel like Vardy is also going to play until he's forty-eight. He's going to be in League Two at fifty years old, just ta- yeah. j- just ruining some poor twenty-year-old's career trying to stop a yeah. guy that you know. I was going to say, it's, it's, fu- it's funny now. It, w- it won't be funny when he's starting for Inter Miami with Harry Maguire <laughs> for four years. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy no, it. Uh, good luck getting Jamie Vardy to ever live outside England. That would be my take. I'll tell you, the reason I said Harry Maguire is, I think they'll sort of, you know, the, man, the, the Barcelona sorry, trio that have gone to Inter Miami. I like to think that Beckham and those boys will start doing that with other clubs. So it'll be a, it'll be a combination of Danny Simpson, Jamie Vardy, and Wes Morgan just to, just cropping up into Miami. Just these these teams <laughs> of three that just have to, they will only be there if they can live on the same like housing estate. Yeah. No, I want to so see we're, we're, we're creating like Brexit FC in Cincinnati in the MLS. That's that's what that'd you be want. amazing. Like Minnesota United just becomes Brexit yes. FC. Yeah, it's yes. Harry, you know Harvey Barnes, Jamie Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the Jamal LaSalle's Joe Willock, Kieran Trippier trio. It's going to be amazing when they rock up at Kansas City. I can't wait. Like, I can't wait. Wayne Rooney was trying it, but it's gone back to Birmingham. So, oh, no. never mind. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Rooney was actually Wayne. great at DC. I loved Wayne Rooney at DC. When you I, say great, do you mean as a, like a character? No, I mean, he played like, really well. He played really well at oh, DC. Yeah, well, yeah, that as well. He made yeah. the he made the best play. I, I, well, I think the other thing about Wayne Rooney is there's two types of players that come to MLS. They're the players. They're, well, I mean, the MLS is is this fully functioning league outside of the few superstars that drop into it, and it becomes more and more so every year. It produces players that you know go on to have a lot of success in Europe. It has a good number of wonder kids in it, honestly, right now. But but there's two types of superstars that parachute in. There are the Lionel Messi's of the world where everything is kind of catered to them. Now, I have no problem with that when Mm. it comes to Lionel Messi, but there are certain guys that aren't Lionel Messi that will come in and then and then expect that that's the way it's going to be. I think I think that um, Frank Lampard and and, and I think (laughs) Steven Gerrard was a great example of this where he came in and thought it was just going to be like, you know, and he just got he was very quickly. These guys go, I don't you know, Andrea Pirlo. Where yeah. he just went, ah, the game's too physical here, like, whatever. I was going to say, driving. why are they running? I saw the Beckham videotape from 2005. Why are they <laughs> yeah, running? Why are they, why are they running? Uh, Kaká uh, yeah. was, was okay, but, uh, like, David Villa was a great example of the Wayne Rooney type of player, where they come over and they have, like, a second career. Uh, like, Villa was fantastic yeah. with NYCFC. He won a trophy. Uh, that Wayne Rooney made the, literally the best play I've ever seen maybe yeah. ever on any pitch outside of the Zlatan Ibrahimovic goal where he's tracking back. I don't know if you've ever seen this play and it's the end of the match goalkeepers yeah. up on a corner and they clear the corner. And this dude is on the other team playing against Wayne Rooney's DC United picks the ball up and has an open goal in front of him and is trying to run down the left wing rain. Wayne Rooney goes for a, a hell for leather sliding challenge. And somehow takes the ball off this guy. If he misses, he will walk into the goal. He <laughs> takes the ball 
after this full-blown wind sprint, and this is Wayne Rooney, so he looks like he just walked out of a pub, right? Like his physique had deteriorated yeah. at this point. So he's huffing and puffing it back up the field, and he hoofs a 200-yard cross, it feels like, to the back post that's been float. It floats in the air for an hour. The goalkeeper's like, what do I do? He had no idea the ball was coming, so he gets caught halfway out. Guy heads it in, and they tie the match. It was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. And so yeah. some guys come to, you know, Wayne Rooney was famous for he shared his hotel room, right? He, he didn't have all these extra things in his contract. Like he rode the team bus, basically. I love those types of guys when they come to MLS. And I do but think if Jamie Vardy theme, did though. come over, he'd be that guy. Hmm? Well, Vardy probably, the, the theme appears to be that midfield, like machines, like Perlo, uh, Gerard, Lampard, that were like re- sort of known for their engines. Don't really work. Strikers that can just get to stand there and pop it in <laughs> all seem yeah. to succeed. So there's a there's That's a real fair. market for just like international strikers that want to turn up with the MLS and just finish things off. Like Zlatan, someone in the chat mentioned it as well. Like he was the ultimate version of that. Of like, I'm here now, as in I'm always here. Look around, I will always be in the same spot. Give me the ball, I'll put it away, and everyone will celebrate, and then I will be a hero. Like that's that's basically his mantra for the last decade, and it works really well for him. I I think that the 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 Zlatan experience. Zlatan and Jamie Vardy have a lot of similarities mentality. No one's, ever, no one's ever said that before. In my mind, that's just, they have yeah, a lot that, that's, be, that's because I think you could put them in a five-a-side pitch, and they those guys would be just as determined to win and to embarrass their opponent as them on you know on the field in a Champions League final. I think they would be just as determined. There's some guys that just love to play every day. They would yeah, play all day if they could. I think Zlatan and Jamie Vardy are both that guy. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm hesitant to continue this comparison between one of the most decorated <laughs> footballers of all time and Jamie, Jamie Vardy. Vardy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I appreciate your desire to make this work. So I'm just I'm not going to stop it. I'm just going to put a question mark at the end of it. I'm excited. I think Vardy will come back, play one year in the Prem, and then leave with Leicester, which is going to be great. But we were talking about the mentality, particularly the difference between like a Brighton and a Manchester United, where Manchester United, they feel the intense amount of pressure that's on them. They're not really trying. They're overthinking it. And at Brighton, they feel like they're free. And this is my brilliant podcast transition into another player that feels like he's free now, Ben. Yeah. Well, uh, listeners, I'll be back in five minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, the career of Christian Pulisic by (laughs) Zealand Shannon. Okay, so it's, it's it's very important to have a team that believes in you and to have the freedom to kind of do whatever you want because I, I know you you said you hadn't followed it, so I'll give you the numbers. Christian Pulisic is the leading scorer on AC yeah. Milan, and they are top of Serie A, and they are unbeaten, right? And that is yeah. not the player that we've seen for the last, you know, ever since they put fans back in the stands, ever since they won the Champions League, really, with Chelsea. That's not the player we'd seen in the prim. And I think it's just a very interesting case study. And also proof that somebody can be born in Hershey, Pennsylvania and still be a really good uh, footballer, which is nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think he's very similar to Jamie Vardy in that you put... <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, well, honestly, who cares? Um, yeah, well done. Well done, Christian Pulisic. I'm, I'm glad you finally found your level, which appears to be in the over... I sort of overly done Serie A. People think Serie A is still good. It's not really that good. Serie A is good. Also, they, they have good. lost no. one match. I'm wrong. I'm, I, okay. they, they've lost one match. But they've won seven of their first eight. 
So excuse yeah. me. They've won seven of their first eight. They got smacked by Inter. Uh, I did. Yeah. No, it was like it was like uh, somebody put it in the chat. Yeah, it was five wow. one. They they got destroyed yeah. by Inter, but they've won every other match that they played. You know, and, and and how can we really hang that five one on Pulisic? That's just absolutely <laughs> yeah, score, totally not his fault. Yeah, it's totally no. not. Like, there's no way. Ugh, he had nothing to do with that. Now, no, what's I him? It's his move to United in two years when we do this I all over not. again. I hope no. Not. Please I no. Just, I can just see it now. I, I but it, it just. I, I think there are probably a lot. Yeah, I will say this. This is not like it's just the Pulisic hype train here. I think there are five or six players on Chelsea where if you took them and put them in AC Milan, they would have a similar amount of success right now. If AC well, yeah, Milan signed if, yeah, them, well, yeah. If I, if I took the Liverpool players and put them in League One, they'd be quality. Like, no, Serie A is, Serie not, is not that. Serie A had two of the four anymore. teams in the Champions League semifinal last year. That's an even competition. Yeah, they had a very easy run to that position. But no, it's, I, look, I understand your point that you're trying to claim that Serie A is still good. There are some very qu- high quality players and a couple of very good teams. But Serie A, I hate to say that. Look, I'm, I was a, growing up, I was a massive fan of Italian football. The Roma side of 2001 with Totti and Cassano and Montella. Love that team. But I hate to say it, Serie A is just like not what it was. Even like seven years ago, six years ago. It's still good. But if Christian Pulisic is tearing it up, how good can it really be? <laughs> Look, I think that you Premier League is the best league in the world. I think then you have La Liga probably coming up behind that. And then I would go Bundesliga, and then I would go Syria ahead of Ligon. Still well ahead of Ligon. And I love the parody. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 The parody is the best out of all of the leagues. There are. I would. I'd agree with that. It's. It's arguably. It's. It's very similar to the championship in more than one way. Uh. So yeah. No. I. I agree with that. Look. There's. There's a. There's a lovely rivalry in that you never really know who's going to win Serie A at the start of the year. That's one thing I will say. That always makes it very exciting. I just think like the level of it is not quite. I wish it was though. Believe me, I wish it was back to that point. I think someone mentioned it in chat though. Like a lot of these teams are in debt, and the problem they've got is that they all. They always end up selling their most valuable asset somewhere. You've only got to look at the players that have left in the last few years and are expected to leave in the coming years as well. Players like Liao, like how long can they stay there? there? Barella is like a bit of an anomaly because he's still there. But yeah, I, I, I really do hope it comes back to being something. But you expect Osman to leave soon as well, like just because of what's going on at Napoli. Oh, My, the, the, So Christian the, Pulisic is about to be good for 10 years. Yeah. No, he's going to become, he's going to be, he's going to become dominant. I, you know what, you know, this sad thing. I don't think I don't I think Syria is going to get worse. I don't think it's going to get better. Oh, it's a well, no, it's, it's a poverty league. I mean, financially, all yeah, of those teams really are is. broke. They are broke relative to even Bundesliga clubs, like w- which are owned fifty one percent by the fans. The, Syria, the financial mismanagement, which has now resulted in FFP kind of hamstringing all of them. I mean, the transfer budget, I, I don't think there's a single Italian team that can spend more than $15 million in the transfer market. Where really if, you, if, if you go to Bournemouth, they can spend 50, no problem, right? And the reason the Premier League is, lit, is just going to become so inarguably the best team in the world is because that TV deal is so ridiculous uh, that th- if you get promoted into the Premier League, you can spend $100 million in your first summer. Yeah, No problem the, on FFP. The, the FFP, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, right? Because the more money you make, the more money you can spend, and then the better you get, and then the more money you make. Well, the Premier League's the rich, and this in Syria is you know was on a downswing when all of this got introduced, and 
it, it's it's just it's just gonna get worse. It's just gonna yeah, get the, worse. The biggest the biggest transfers in Serie A are always players leaving. That's that's the like Tonali went to Newcastle. That sort of tells you like a bit of a story. Obviously, Anana's left as well. You've got Kimin Jay's left um, Napoli as well. Like it just this happens on a really regular basis, and the ins never quite match up to the caliber of player or the quality of player. So it just sort of goes in a cycle. Like the, the way in which Milan dealt with it, in that they sell Tonali and they bring in like Loftus Cheek and Pulisic and Chuquese and Munza from Valencia. Like again, you've you've lost a real star of that league, and you've brought in players that will keep you afloat, essentially spending like a similar amount of money. So it's, yeah, it's always interesting when that happens. And obviously, the loan system in Italy is hilarious because everyone is loaned. Do you ever take a, a charge of an Italian team on Football Manager? By the end of season one, you've got 40 new players that you didn't know existed that have been around <laughs> Italy. Like, it's just, oh, okay, hello, everyone. Yeah, Welcome back. I, the funny thing is, uh, there's this perception that there's like all of this corruption. I invest, like, I made a whole video about the Juventus situation where the whole board resigned. The corruption is a symptom of the poverty. The poverty is not a symptom of the corruption because Juventus got caught basically juicing its books because it didn't have enough money to be competitive. They weren't necessarily juicing the books, but what they would do is they'd swap players with somebody and then they would assign insane they would assign like mm. insanely high values to those players. So that was that swap deal between uh with Barcelona with like uh what was the Brazilian's name? Arthur and uh, Arthur, Miro, Miro yeah. and Pjanic and both those guys were worth like seven they they, they said that five million dollars changed hands or something it was like they, 60 million wasn't it yeah they said it was like a you know mm. that Pjanic was worth 67 because then you can put it on your books that you sold a player for 67 million and then amortize the purchase amount for like 70 million over the four years of the contract so you just you just magically made like 20 million appear on your account yeah. Over, if poverty it, increases corruption, does that mean the PGMLL are corrupt the core as well? <laughs> are they are they suffering massively financially? Replay the game. Replay. <laughs> let's no, replay. Let's. I, actually don't, I actually don't agree with that. As a Liverpool fan, I thought Klopp was wrong. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but I, I think the corruption, like the Italian league, has always had a perception of this kind of flamboyant corruption but i think a lot of the quote unquote, <laughs> it, hasn't got, it hasn't got a reputation it's got historical evidence yeah yeah okay but but now <laughs> now the corruption is around financial tomfoolery to create more money for the clubs to be able to spend under ffp like almost every yeah. club in, in in italy is doing these kind of player swap deals to try and increase the amount of money that they can spend in the short term which is of course just going to make it worse in the long term they, like they, they what is causing the poverty in the first place? Lack of a TV deal is huge because they. I, I would. I would not be surprised if Syria had the fourth or fifth best TV deal. Like the Premier League is so amazingly positioned because the huge emerging markets, China, India, the United States, where half of the entire world lives, almost speak English. Even Nigeria, yeah. the fastest growing country in the world, oh, like 300 million people in no time flat, English, right? Indonesia is another good example, but I, 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 I obviously don't know. I don't understand Indonesia's language landscape, but I know the TV deals around China, India, and the United States are just, it's like pouring nitroglycerin on a fire. Uh, that is, that's why the Premier League is so freaking rich. La Liga yeah. has Barcelona and Real Madrid, which are two of, I would say, the four most recognizable brands in the world. 
and Bayern. Like me and you, me, you, them two, <laughs> or yeah. no? Okay, yeah, yeah, no, no that, that makes complete sense. Uh, well, oh. no, 20 good minutes and me, and then you're number five. Probably work the space in it now. So. <laughs> work the space. Uh, no, it's Lelujo. Yeah. No, 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 no. He can, do you know what? He can, little, little people are like this. Uh, for those that know Kevin Chuck, he came to like my very local town about two weeks ago for a full week, and I didn't go and see him. But carry it on. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm busy. And, 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 I'm busy. And, 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 it's not going to play itself, is it, Kev? Sorry, mate. Fine. <laughs> and then Bundesliga is very <laughs> sustainable and very functional because it has the 50 plus one rule, where... It they make just, a lot of money on TV, though. That TV, though, is, is the second yeah, biggest they, behind they, the Premier they, League. They make they, loads Well, they, Bundesliga is the second easiest thing to find on TV in the U.S. I used to watch a lot of Bundesliga when I had Not the Conan? extra channels. I just don't pay for them anymore. <laughs> oh, sport, sport. Sorry, even sport. I thought it'd be one of the late-night TV shows. Oh, no, no. I, I would watch a lot of Bundesliga when I, when I was growing up. But then, and then and Ligue 1 just has... PSG spending a ton of money. And Ligue 1 is pretty reminiscent of Serie A, that every club that's not at the top. And I, I, it's just chaos. Like, Lyon is about to get relegated. Like, the, things are just absolutely disaster. They're, they're, yeah. they're a disaster there. So I think there are three leagues that are sustainable and healthy. But every club that's not Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Atletico Madrid is also kind of struggling. Or Villarreal. Villarreal is fine. But, but yeah. there, there's some ugly financial stuff going on in the Liga as well. Because... These teams are trying to keep up with the Premier League and they just can't. And with FFP, it's just it's just going to make the disparity worse. Yeah. The reason the, the Premier League didn't want a Super League is because they are the Super League. <laughs> Spoiler, everybody. Yeah. Spoiler. And that's well, Saudi Arabia. The, 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 Hello. The <laughs> Premier League stepped out of the Super League quickly because I think they had they got together and they're like, we are going to be the Super League in no time flat. Uh, Sevilla yeah. is Sevilla's like absolutely... Well, they just win a European competition every season, so that's always not fair, uh, is it? Uh, most predictable team of all time. <laughs> yeah, aren't they in the Champions League again? But they're third in their group. Yeah, no, everybody, like, everybody knows exactly what their plan is. It's happening. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, third. They're that. third in their group. Europa League is beckoning. They're they're on yeah. the way. But then, like, but teams like Valencia that you know have a proud tradition, they're just kind of melting away. They they've got the Peter Lim ownership. It's just a disaster for them. But the financial disparity is is crazy, and I don't. It's just going to get worse. I have no. I mean, that's the trend right now. Something could change, but I I think yeah. FFP sounds great on paper, and then when you actually apply it and let the like macroeconomics work out, then the game just doesn't become as fun for everybody anymore. Can I, can I make a prediction? Actually, even yeah, though I've been slating, so yeah. Uh, Shall I say who the Europa League winners will be this season? Sure. Saint Germain. PSG. PSG. PSG will finish third in that group. That's my prediction. And then they will be forced into the Europa League and then they'll win it. There you are. Eat that world. That would, that would be Liverpool the equivalent that. of sorry, Harry no, Kane's... Liverpool. That would no, no, be sorry. The... Sorry, <clears throat> edit that out. Liverpool are going to win it, obviously. But like, I can't say how stupid. Wait, uh, I... Or PSG. I, 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 PSG's... European trophy being the Europa League would be like Harry Kane's first trophy being the German yeah. Super Cup. Well, he messed that up. He didn't even get that, did he? But yeah, um, he, 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 it would be like that, though. He did mess that up. But I, I you, you know, you can take the man out of Tottenham. You can't take the Tottenham out of the man. Apparently, I, li I like I like the idea of Kylian Mbappe winning the Europa League. And you know, when players like don't win it, they always take the medal off. I like the idea of Kylian Mbappe winning it and still taking the medal off. <laughs> I'm not having this. This is not mine. Where's Jude Bellingham? Get him on the phone. <laughs> Where's Jude Bellingham? Real Madrid striker is Hosolu. We've got we've got to make a change. It's Hosolu. Yeah. 
But I, I brought up Harry Kane. What are your thoughts on him at Bayern Munich? That's a big thing that's happened that we yeah. have not talked about. Well, yeah, well, we speculated on where he was going so many times, and at no point did we say he would Bayern. go to Bayern Munich. Uh, but yeah, for, for Harry Kane, I think it is one of the most perfect moves possible. I think like he's he's probably going to do a very similar thing to what Robert Lewandowski did. They've not started brilliantly because Bayer Leverkusen are really good. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I just expect them to... I, like, he'll, he'll win a few league titles there because it's by Munich and he's got a contract. So like ultimately it will be fine. But Xabi Alonso is going to be the, the, the thought... Well, Alonso will go to Madrid soon and then it will all be fine again in, in Germany. And Bayern will, you know, win with the Bundesliga at Cancer. But I, I just think like it's a really... It's a cool move. I, I never, ever thought he'd go there. I, I thought if that was the only option, he'd stay at Tottenham. I always thought he'd go to Manchester United. Um, maybe he will in the FM24 beta with Eric Benter. <laughs> no, sorry, I can't do this every time. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that uh, it ever ended up buying. But I, I do like that he has. Like, I think it's a, it's a good move for them. Um, I, think, I think it's a lot. real... I think it's more dangerous than he probably realizes because... Uh, specifically if he was trying not to become a meme for not winning a trophy, because if you remember Bayern won the league last year because Borussia Dortmund lost on the last day. And so Bayern was able to, Bayern's been kind of a little dilapidated by their standards. They've been, Mm. they've been deteriorating a little bit and letting the German pack kind of catch up to them. And obviously off to a slow start again, you're sitting here like, well, are they going to be able to pull it back? If he manages to somehow not win a trophy, the, the DFB poke hall, the league, the, the champions league in, uh, in this first year that he's at Bayern. (laughs) (laughs) And again, huge credit to Ange for losing such a good player and still being top of the league and unbeaten. I, I would th- that would be to me the funniest thing of all time. Like I'd feel bad for Harry Kane, but I if Tottenham win bad. the Prem and he doesn't win a trophy at Bayern, it'd be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It would. It would like I don't. I really. I don't, I don't know what part of it. I think the, the evil side of me definitely wants this to happen because it's just very very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, the thing is, it must be tough for Ange as well because Ange will look at that and go, "Oh, do I want to be hated for the rest of my life by winning the Premier League this early?" But I don't know, Ange. Don't do it. Hold on. Wait a second. Um, I, I think like what's weirder now for me is when when Harry Kane comes back to England, where would he go then? That's what I'm. A conversation so that, the, for this is basically this is the same conversation we were having on the podcast for like a year, which is what English team would want him, and everybody always comes back to Manchester United. But I, you know, man, I like I wouldn't want to play at Manchester United. I would want to play anywhere <laughs> but Manchester United. The, yeah, fan, no, the fans years, are the, the fans. Yeah, the fans are incredibly demanding. The locker room is toxic, and the team's not that good. Yeah. Well, actually, at that point, Harry Kane will be be a kicker in the NFL, so we won't have to worry uh, about yeah. it. Ah, uh, yeah. Won't he, have to worry about it. I think he wants that, but that that's actually one of the worst jobs in sports, usually. Yeah. Well, Kane, Kane would love it. I think the thing with buying is. They, I think they've won five, drawn two in the league, and it's like a slow start. <laughs> like, but it says the Bundesliga, like we talked about with Serie A being like one of the most competitive leagues. Go look at the Bundesliga right now. Oh, hotting up. Uh, I'm sorry, the US you, fans that are watching it are loving it. Uh, yeah, I, you can't call the Bundesliga a competitive league, though, when Bayern Munich is, you, you know, Bayern Munich has won every Bundesliga title in the entire yeah, right life now, of the Mall. Like it, Right it, now, you've got three unbeaten teams, and we're seven games in. I'll take it. Dortmund, Bayern, Leverkusen. Love that. Yeah, it's a competitive year, but the league the league is not competitive. It's 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 oh, yeah, you're right. 18, yeah, teams, you're 18 yeah. teams play, Bayern Munich wins every year. Until Bayern Munich doesn't win, until their like hegemony finally comes to a close, 
it, it, mm. it it's hard to it's hard to actually yeah. believe that you know Stuttgart is going to finish above them in in the league table. Yeah, is there something that Le- like Liga is more competitive than the Bundesliga in terms of like year on year statistics? But yeah, yeah. I, I, well done to Harry Kane. Good move. The, the dominance of Bayern Munich is is actually it's insane. I what it, what is it in a row now? Let me I'm going to pull it up. Quite a I, lot. I think well, was Dor- it's was over it Dortmund ten. Last? It's over Dortmund ten. Dortmund in thirteen. I want to say. It, Dortmund won it two years in a row. It's so Bayern Munich has won every title since the 2012 season. Yeah, it's 11 okay. straight years that Bayern Munich has won the oh, Bundesliga. Kane doesn't win it. It's so funny. It's so funny, actually. If Kane doesn't so win funny. it, it's so... Yeah, it's a, it's oh, 11. God. And then oh, they'll 11. come to City and then they'll oh, wait, fall is it, off. Is it 10? Oh, is it 10? I hate math. It's no, 10. It's 11. It's, no, it's uh, 1, we'll, 3, It's six. 10 or 11. No, so, no, 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 no. It's... Hold on. It's 11. Yeah, it's 11. It's 11. It's 11. It's 11. Okay. Well done. Well done. We, we did it, guys. Well Whew. done. That was close. Well, so, he even had it right correctly, but the chat were throwing him off. Audio listeners. That, so that, means, no proof that, that means that kid, Lamine Yamal, who signed with Barcelona when he was six Sorry, years old. Was that a segue? Sorry, viewers. That's throwing listeners. That's throwing me off. Well, no, so, I, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm making a rhetorical point here. Oh, my apologies. That, that Lamine Yamal, who just became the youngest goal scorer in La Liga, by the way. Um, mm, yes. When when Dortmund won the league, he was five years old. Yeah. That was the the last time a team that wasn't Bayern Munich won the Bundesliga. Lamine Yamal was five. I was tw- I was tw- I was twenty one. I'm really old, aren't I? I someone, can someone do something about that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's but, well. Lamine Yamal could be like he he is he the is he the, is he the best player in the world now? <laughs> no, it's not, uh, 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 no, but the best the best player in the world plays in the in La Liga at the moment though. Good, good lord, yeah, uh, Jude Bellingham. I know where that's yes. going. There he may England's Jude. That's Bellingham. what I mean. It was it was it's Real Madrid and Barcelona. That's what keeps La Liga afloat. And if you the funny thing is the net spend of Real Madrid. As much as I hate Florentino Perez, he's very good at what he does. Uh, the net yeah. spend of Real Madrid is is below like almost every team in the Prem. It's crazy. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, I blame Brighton personally, but yeah, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, Brighton's selling all of their players to everybody else in the Prem and then just reloading. But getting it, Ansu Fati on loan. I mean, what is happening? What is happening in football when Ansu Fati goes to Brighton? Well, honestly, the, the the interesting thing with the amount of money that Barcelona can't spend, I'm pretty sure Barcelona can pay Ansu Fati more right now. If you, yeah, I mean, the financials, I, I I'm not going to bring that. I'm not going to showcase through all of them right now. But the financial like uh, summary for Barcelona this season compared to like the last few seasons is hilarious. They basically cut everything in half, and they still won a league, uh, still won a Liga, but still unbelievable. Yeah, mad. Preparing to ruin it all by bringing Messi back on loan soon, I'm sure. That'll be fun for us all. Oh, dear. Uh, they just want him to play oh, one more game in the camp now. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to be holding that, the Spotify logo up, like the World Cup trophy, <laughs> so he can get Barcelona enough money to pay his contract. Nah, it'll be a picture of Kylian Mbappe with his Europa League. That'll really just, be, just one of those. Ah, take that, Kylian. I won after all. I won. Kylian Mbappe winning the Europa League would be a no. It's a no-win situation. <laughs> either so way, funny. either this either he celebrates so it, either he celebrates it, and he gets clowned for celebrating it. Or he doesn't celebrate it, and he gets clowned for not. 
The, right. like, <laughs> him winning the Europa League, is it's a no-win situation. He's going to get clowned no matter what happens. Every league has such a good story right now. Bayern Munich aren't going to win the Bundesliga. Well. Christian Pulisic is going to end up top goal scorer of Serie A. Yes! Have Kylian Mbappe winning the Europa League. Jude Bellingham's going to dominate La Liga. And then Tottenham are going to win the Premier League. <laughs> I'm not going to have to handle it all. And Liverpool, is, oh, no, oh. Liverpool can't win anything like that. Delicious. Oh, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I researched Lamina Mall for a video. That kid's gonna be at. He's gonna be special. They yeah, just, save just it. Video coming soon, guys. Video coming soon. Yeah, save it. Hey, you got your promo in earlier. I figured I'd get my promo in now. No, no, but I need it. So please <laughs> let me have it. I really do need it. So thanks, guys. Oh, you know, I can't. Be, I can't believe we didn't bring this up though, because this is something that we should have brought up a long time ago. Uh, because it's it, probably the number one story in football. Uh, since the my last return. time we did I'm not the sure podcast. my return is the number one. Well, number two. Behind the return of our most favorite guest, our most favorite guest. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, it, Saudi Arabia becoming the biggest spending league. And something I want people to realize right off the drop that I feel like just doesn't get talked about enough, Saudi Arabia is not beholden to FFP, obviously. That's why they're able to do all of the things that they are doing. And that's why it is so dangerous because every team in Europe has this strict set of financial rules that at least you have to pretend to follow where Saudi Arabia doesn't. No. The, do you, the do you like, I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way. Do you like what Saudi Arabia has done to the game? I don't, I, I don't know if I should, I don't like the sports washing element of it all. I, I, as, a far, as far as the like, to me it's very similar to what happened with Russia very similar to what happened with China and now it's just like the latest fad of big country or co country wants to have a little bit of fun for a bit but, but the, the worry is like I remember reading something about Saudi Arabia that they don't they have so much money they can't spend it quick enough so if that's the case how how do footballers turn this down I think that's the worry for me how do managers how do footballers turn this down when the opportunity is so great. And especially at the end of your career, like the, the worrying thing for me actually wasn't Ronaldo going there or Benzema going there, right? The worrying thing for me was Ruben Neves going there and Milinkovic um, Savic going there. And it's like, we're losing out on some like players that should be playing for elite European teams competing at the highest like reaches of the Champions League right now. But instead, they're playing in front of 700 people or whatever it is sometimes. In Saudi Arabia, and that's the that's the biggest concern for me. Like, I don't I don't like the idea that this can just be done so easily. And but but it's much like it's much like the, what happens in the Premier League and what happens around Europe. Like Saudi Arabia aren't to blame for this. FIFA, if you want to blame someone, are the responsible party in this. In the same way that UEFA and the Premier League are, when things look unfair inside of those like areas, it's it's kind of it's like a what do you want me to do about it. <laughs> or what do you want anyone to do about it? The, the people that could do something about it just go completely quiet and then it's too late. So, yeah. Do I like it? I sort of shrugged. You've, what, you can see me. I've shrugged about six times because that's sort of how I feel about it. I'm just like, yeah, this is football now, isn't it? Money everywhere. Uh, well, look, this has kind of always been the way that it's been. I, I think that there, there's a mistake that people make all the time where – you know, we and when we study, I, I obviously uh, this is part of the New Zealand bingo. I'll get it out of the way. I, I, I got my degree in history. When you study history, everybody always looks back at like the past and goes, God, not not always, right? But 
typically when people think of the best time ever, they look in the past. And I think in, in, in football and soccer, people do that all the time. They'll look back 20, 30 years and they'll be like, oh, remember back in those days. And then if you go back to those days, there's just all these horrible problems going on. But you just don't remember. You just remember the good times. It's like people look back at high school or college and they're, you know, they remember all the fun times, but they don't remember all those awful essays and classes and terrible things that they had to do while they were there. Right. It's it's just a, I think it's a part of the human condition. The, the whole I, I, I think patience is the prescription on this Saudi thing. I think the, the only solution to it is patience because at a certain point, right, the, the financial structure falls apart and yeah. they run out of oil. And it, the same thing happened in China. We thought China had unlimited. How long we got? How long we yeah. waited? I, you said look, patience. How long? I mean, we're ta- I'm talking about like 20 to 30 years. I'm not talking oh, about two God. to three yeah i'll be i'll but be 43 there a, by then a point and it might be it might be before then right but there's a point where eventually it it falls apart and it ends right like we thought china had unlimited money but it, it then they just went you know what we don't really want to we don't fund this anymore we've got other stuff that we want to spend money on or it isn't working saudi arabia is more flamboyant and aggressive than than china which is why i'm giving you know i i think it's going to be a long time but i i don't like we know right fifa is fifa Right, we know they're not gonna do anything. They're FIFA. They just put the World Cup in six countries and automatically <laughs> qualified all six countries. Right, which yeah. also on the on the note of Saudi Arabia, that disqualifies any country in South America, any country in Europe, and any country in Africa from hosting the World Cup. The World Cup in 2026 will be in North America, which means every CONCACAF nation is disqualified from hosting the World Cup in 2034. That leaves two regions where the World Cup can be hosted in 2034. Asia and Oceania. Now, Oceania is not hosting a World Cup by itself as much as Tuvalu and Palau and Nauru would like to believe that they could do that. They don't have enough land area. New Zealand's not going to host a World Cup by itself. Which means Asia is the only continent that can host a World Cup in 2034. And as much as I would agree with chat and think that Uzbekistan would be a great place to host the World Cup, Saudi <laughs> Arabia, like the same day, because this was definitely planned out, announced its bid for the 2034 World Cup. And there is only going to be like one competing bid, and I think it's going to be an Indonesia-Malaysia-Singapore competing bid. Which is, that was that's the one I would prefer... And not even like a hating on Saudi Arabia way. We just had a Saudi Arabian World Cup. Qatar is Saudi Arabia light, right? It is the exact same culture. It is the exact same geographic location. It was a Saudi Arabia home World Cup in terms of the fans, right? Qatar had to hire fans, right? Because Qatar's social structure is just so unfamiliar to us that they don't have like a normal like group of fans. But Saudi Arabia does. And then, you know, their matches were home matches. Like, they, it would be the same World Cup that we just had 12 years later. Um, but it is, it is insane how... But that FIFA, the FIFA that just helped set all that up so Saudi Arabia is going to get the 2034 World Cup is going to do nothing about the Saudi League buying a bunch of players. I agree with you in that I generally don't blame the players. Uh, I think it is very... I think it's one of those things where you know, somebody like Jordan Henderson you can kind of get at because the dude 
it was very outspoken in support of the people that are marginalized by the Saudi Arabia. It's just, regime. it's just gross. It's yeah, just gross. It, it, it's it just, feels it's just gross. See, to see him do it, it's just this like, ugh. Yeah, well, like, you, don't, you, you I, wince. Don't. You're like, oh man, I actually. Yeah, that's what it, that's thing. that's how I felt about it. I was just like. But, but that amount of there's, money... There's, there's the, a human level, yeah. right? It's, it's very easy for someone that's not being just said, oh, do you want $10 million for a year's work for me to go, oh, you shouldn't bloody say yes to that, you, you toe rag. But, like, there's so many instances of when they take players that you just sort of go... They could have solved this by making it a six-a-side league. That would have been so exciting. Have you, have you ever heard of Masters I'd, Football? I'd watch league? that. I'd watch that a lot have more of, than I'd watch ever, the actual league. Have you ever heard of uh, Masters Football? Or Masters Football, depending no, on where in England you're from. So Ma Masters Football is, for, there'll be people in the chat will have heard of this, and listeners will definitely have heard of this, is that when players have retired, there is there used to be a league, used to be on Sky, like the same football institution that, that hosts all the, like the actual football, where every so often there'd be like a Masters Football League where... The, the players that have retired or were like notably from like Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Arsenal and stuff would just play each other in like five aside football. And it was, just, and then, but occasionally you'd have someone that was like 35 ruin it by being good. But if Saudi Arabia had set this up as we will host beach football, and then they would have taken all the players over for that as a completely different sport almost, that I would, that would, I would have been fine with. In fact, I think players should retire and then go, not go when you're 25. I'm not looking at you, Alison Alex Maximin, but, you know, these players that have done that, uh, just basically, if they'd have done it as Masters Football, we'd have all would have been fine with the sports washing. But as they didn't, you know, grrr. <laughs> no, they didn't. It, it just reminds no, me, somebody like Ruben Neves reminds me of Oscar going to China. And then they're like, why did you go? And he's like, I just took care of my entire extended family for all of yeah, their just lives. Say, just say that then. If you're going to get, Jordan, if you're going to go, mate, just go, it's more money than I could have ever dreamed of. All right, Jordan. Fair enough, then, mate. Yeah, but they're like, they're getting they're getting paid even more money not to say that. They're getting paid even more money to go, you know, like oh, pfft, you know, the Saudi Arabian World Cup bid looks pretty nice. Like Jordan Henderson dropped one of those videos immediately. Like it, yeah, they, I, I feel like if I was in that position, that would bother me a lot being a puppet for for that sort of stuff. But when you yeah. the, the, these people have lives that we don't see. Like when you have your entire family, your grandparents, your your significant other's grandparents, your you know, your your kids' futures, whatever. And you're like, yeah, they've already made a lot of money. I'm going to be honest, the wages in soccer and football are way lower than the wages in most American team sports. NBA players, uh, NFL players, MLB players, uh, the baseball players all make a lot more money. So it always it's always interesting to me when you, you talk to particularly European fans, uh, just that's where I interact with more, where, where they're like, yeah, these, these greedy guys are getting paid so much money. They're really not relative to how much their value should be right because they don't have collective bargaining power where in the united states the players have collective bargaining power like nfl players nba players mlb players nhl players even mls players actually collectively bargain they're in a union and they bargain yeah. with the league for the split of the money and how much money they're going to get that doesn't if that happened in the premier league people would absolutely lose their minds but the, you know they they have depressed wages because that's not happening so the, when they get handed this amount of money where they can, you can go like you can build a house for everybody in your family you can pay it now not all of these guys are good enough people to do this some of them are just going to take this money buy four vacation houses in a car i'm not you know i'm under no illusion that that's what's going to happen but it, you know you can convince yourself that taking that amount of money is is something that's you know in your best interest maybe you take that money and then you donate it to charities to counteract the damage that you did by taking the money 
I've secretly been hoping that since Jordan Henderson signed the deal, I always thought this would be awesome. If he's in Saudi Arabia, does whatever they want for two or three years, and then he comes back and goes, yeah, I just did it for the money, and takes the money and just donates it to causes to try and help you know, people but that are they're victimized he's not, he's not by win, that does he? I don't know if he's trying to like have some sort of moral win there, like doing it in the first place, doing like doing it in the way that he's done it. Like the worst, the worst thing is you sort of accept and ignore it because there's not really another option. But like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that I, 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 I summed my feelings up earlier when I just said it. it's all a bit gross. But it's I just, find yeah, it, it, it the makes the money, feel the morals behind it, the issues that like the the prevalent issues, ongoing issues in Saudi Arabia that just sort of get pushed under the rug because, like again, social influence in this country especially is like pretty minimal, and also people just like don't care enough. Like, is, is the horrible reality of it all. And I'm probably part of the problem as a result. Like, I'm not naive enough to think that. I'm not doing anything about it either. But yeah, I find the whole thing just a bit a bit gross. But if they made it Masters football, might have changed my mind. So, still time. The term said, you know, the average working person make 50K a year. I mean, this varies so much between, between countries. And I think there's also, you know, there, there's a certain, like, if you are the best, you know, if you're Neymar, you're the best, you know, you're the best football player from a you know a country of 200 million people that all desperately want to be you i think you deserve to make a good bit of money for that like i i think that you know it, but you, what point is greed, though sorry to jump in what point is it just great like karen benzema doesn't need more i don't know money. i don't know Neymar doesn't need more money i like, have no idea what point is this just i have no idea what point that like it's it's too much great you know why because we've never been in that position like neither of no. us have, obviously like you know ne that that this is close. this is a conversation this is like <laughs> it's a conversation you know it's a tie it's honestly something that most of us can't relate to not and by most of us i mean 99.9 percent .9 of us just can't relate to the decisions they're making i i like to think that if i had that much money i would be spending it on the things i was talking about you know making sure everybody in my family had houses that were paid off and a car that worked and like you know we're we're set and had like a travel fund, whatever, right? And then you know find some charity that you want to work with and try and set up funds that can like rejuvenate and help pay for that, right? But I I think maybe you know you got all that money clogging your ears. You just want more money. Like I, it's very difficult to understand what they're what they're going through, like it, it, because they also have a lot of pressures that we don't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, which I, car should I drive today? That's right. Most people only have one car. Yeah, well, well, okay. Cool. That, that's like the easy. That's like the easy joke. But I don't. I don't. Well, I don't think because because I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I like I don't deny there are obviously things that that professional athletes go have to deal with that your regular person doesn't have to. But I'm not sure I can subscribe to this idea that like they have to go through things that are inherently awful that other other normal people aren't going through. I just think it, it just scales differently. So I don't, I don't yeah. necessarily think that I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a good enough argument just to go, there's, yeah, but you they have to deal with all this stuff. It's like, well, yes, I've got to pay my water bill. Like, there's so a, it's, yeah, not, I, I it's yeah. not the same. There's a great quote. There's a great quote that I think kind of sums this up. Money doesn't make you happy, but it certainly makes being miserable more comfortable. Is yeah, is is I'm, I'm I sure. always I, loved that quote. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. I just think again that the whole the premise that. Like we have to explain away the decision. You've gone, like you've all gone for money. It's like it's it's fine yeah. if you just. Uh, it's it's almost not fine, is it? We're still not happy at that point because ultimately, this this whole conversation 
for the most part in the mainstream is just steeped in jealousy and again yes. you're, you, what, what you're essentially saying is like we're never going to be in that position so it's impossible for us to give her like a, a correct moral answer because we're never in that spot to make the decision like i, I think but, that i respect the players well, i can't judge just, it from you know my, just, my position yeah I, I respect the players just a little bit more the ones that go and they're like yeah we just like ruben neves i think said the same thing that oscar said where he was like yeah i went for the money like this money changes my family's life or whatever. I respect the players a little bit more when they say that. When they go the Jordan Henderson route and they're like, well, I didn't go for the money. I think it's a great opportunity. Shut up. Like really just <laughs> shut up. Like, please don't. That's don't, what it just shows. Yeah, that's what, because, because ultimately a move to Manchester City or Newcastle or Liverpool or Brighton does that for young athletes as well. Like it does change things dramatically for those people's lives and the lives of their families. Uh, the, the reality is that Saudi Arabia is just another planet of like what what they are being offered and the money yeah. that they're offered in those places comparably to what they've been offered, which is sort of your point when you're comparing it to American athletes. That's that's why like the mega stars of like Benzema and Neymar going there. It's just a bit like you can kind of go anywhere, boys. And so you want to you want to earn another hundred million? I guess whatever. Then like sure. Um, <sighs> I I mean I like the. They're all I hope they listen to this and feel bloody bad about it. That's what I will say. Yeah. Feel guilty. We want you to feel <laughs> guilty about it. That's what we want yeah. to happen to you. The, the only thing I was trying to say, the, the only like difference I was trying to create here is that, yeah, so you said like Ruben Neves made more than a week than I'll make in three years, right? That's what somebody said in the chat. And that is true. And Ruben Neves is also supporting like, anywhere from 15 to 50 people, right? We don't know exactly how this works, but this is something that uh, I've, you know, I, I haven't seen documentaries like this made about international footballers, but I have seen them made about American football players, particularly American football players, NBA players, uh, really any of the major sports, where once they make it, particularly guys that come from the poorer parts of society, everybody who's ever known them it starts hitting them up and you collect this larger and larger entourage of people that you are yeah. supporting in every in single way. And so that combined with like the, the, you've got the big gaudy number and then you have the amount that you actually get from tax, which is hilarious because in these documentaries they make about the finances of NFL players in particular, where they'll be like, Oh, I'm getting paid 1.5 million a year. Well, by the time that hits your bank account, even in the United States, it's like half that. Right. It's like it, but by the yeah. time your agent gets paid and this guy gets paid and your manager gets paid and whatever, you get half that money. And then you've got 40 people who see that you're making one point five million a year and they go, oh, well, then why can't you support me? Oh, you jerk. Like, well, you know, like I held I was your peewee football coach or whatever. And so these people are, you know, they're dealing with a lot of pressure and. Most of this, I get this in a very small scale. I'll get an email every once in a while. Gonna, that's going to ruin yeah. my joke. If I was, I was going to end with, I don't know how you deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'll get it. I'll get an email or a DM like once a month. Somebody will write me a very long sob story about how they really need money. Yeah. Uh, re and, reply and to me one that. time. Reply yeah. one time. I've, you've known me for years now. <laughs> Just reply. It's been a tough six months. And it, I will say Reply, it's tough. God damn it. It, it is, it is tough. Ben, I, I just ignore yours flat out, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I, at least I restarted the podcast. <laughs> but I will say it's tough. Like, it weighs on you. You read the the stories from somebody that you know or whatever, and you're like, oh, that really, you know, and, and they have to deal with it on a massive scale all the time. And so 
Um, yeah. When you think about the gross amount of money that they're making, that is not necessarily the amount, uh, you know, the amount of money that's going directly into their pocket. You know, it's 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 a very different situation, a different way to live life. Now, some of them are just being aggressively greedy, and that's why we've done this podcast. Yeah. We want them to feel bad about it. Yes, we want to guilt shame. We them. want we want them as I stare at you to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's fine. No, I enjoyed I enjoyed this meeting up and you buy me a smoothie. Yeah, that was good. I did buy you a smoothie. Did you actually buy beer. me a smoothie? Because I felt like I made that bit up. No, I'll tell you what happened, viewers. We'll get back to the, we'll get back to this listeners, listeners and viewers. We were we were we were supposed to be a football manager for ten o'clock or whatever it was, or, or eleven o'clock. We and got there on went, time. No, we didn't. Zealand said, Oh, let's just pop to this smoothie place that I've been to once in my life and thought was the best thing ever. Oh, said me, Jack, and who else was with Someone else was with us. I feel awful for not remembering now. Luke. It was Luke. We were like, oh, yeah, okay. We'll pop to this smoothie place. 25 minutes later, they take an order as we're stood there for ages. Then the machine breaks, doesn't it? Do you remember this? Do you remember the machine breaking? Like the smoothie machine? Oh, yeah. Yes. That and took a so while. then we turn we up. Late. It's about it's about thirty we degrees, which I don't know what the Fahrenheit is, but it was flipping up like, like 80, high seventies, eighty-five or something. Yeah, yeah. So we turn up. Like I'm, I'm not Mo Farah. I was sweating, and so we get there. We're late. Then you got to put a lanyard on and speak to fifty people from around the globe that you've never met before, all because you wanted a pissing smoothie. We were going to be early. That smoothie was good, though. Tell me that one. It was. It, it was, was really good. Yeah, it was, it was really smoothie. good. It was a really it good smoothie. Really good. So I, you're really just, nice. yeah, you, you know, you're just, you're, you're coming in at the wrong, the wrong angle. That was funny though. That that the football manager, uh, the football manager convention thing. Yeah, where they invited it was all a long the creators. Time ago. But no one really. We've not made a video about it, so no one really knows what happened. We basically went to football manager and met met every football manager creator to have ever existed. <laughs> yeah, like everybody from different language groups, like all over the world. I, I yeah. met I met Bus the Net, who's from like Singapore. Lovely I, man, lovely no, man, great, great guy. Yeah, very friendly, very friendly. Very, yeah, yeah very you friendly. saw something very rare that weekend, actually. You saw something that only happened four times in the last decade. Did you hug Ben? No, I was. I am Ben. Um, it doesn't even know oh, I am. Oh, uh, Lelujo. Yeah, doesn't even know I am. Nope. Unbelievable. Well, I'm the one, I, yeah, I, I'm I the one that makes the good videos. I, I, I make the good ones. I um, recorded this with Lelujo, actually. <laughs> I crossed up. No, uh, you saw me drunk, so that was fun. I did. Yeah, I saw everybody drunk because we we That's went true. out at the end of the football manager thing. It was like a two day thing that we that we went out at the. They had like a bar night uh, with us there, and it was like a, it was like an arcade bar, mm. and that was that was a good, it was time. good. That was a good time. It was. No, I'll tell you what, wasn't a good time. I'm not going to voice this issue that happened. Right. So again, I don't really drink that often, but I was. I was long gone. Now we were we I, were we were rocking and rolling. I ended up in a me, casino at three AM. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, me and me and Clates when we get together with alcohol, that is an issue for everybody. Clates <laughs> is great. I'm very love Clates. Yeah, me and Clates go on very well. But it got to midnight and I was sort of I thought that's probably the alcohol done now. And then football manager, I won't name who it was a football manager, but someone at football manager comes out with a tray of Jaeger bombs. Now who I had a Jaeger bomb. I, I did I had two of those. Why yeah, and I yeah, didn't oh, order yeah. them? Yeah, I had two of those as well at, at midnight. And I tell you what, at 5 a.m. when I couldn't sleep, I remembered what was in them, which is energy drink. It's basically energy drink and alcohol. And I felt awful. And then I took that, I've got a picture somewhere. I then had to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning because of where my train was leaving from um, and go down for breakfast with Lelujo and work the space. 
Now, I would ra- I would rather be Jordan Henderson's moral agent than do that because <laughs> I, it was horrendous. It was awful. And to get up, Kevin Chapman, who doesn't really drink, was just there. You can picture it, yeah, can't Kev, you? Kev, does, Kev doesn't drink. You guys, somebody mentioned that in happy, the chat. Kev doesn't drink, so he's smiling. there. He's chipper Kev. Oh, oh mate. I could, I could have shoved his head into a blender. It was awful. It was like, and I felt, her, me, Jack, me and Jack looked like we, we, we'd seen death. <laughs> Nerdphonic was there as well. Kevin oh. Chapman is there like a like a car salesman. <laughs> Honestly, I could have cried. Oh, it was awful. I had about three hours sleep and I had to get the train back home. And I, just, I, I had oh. an extra day because I had the flight back. So I had, I had a full day after, I think it was Sunday. It was like yeah. the recovery day. And so well, we didn't I, say bye to each other because we said, let's all go back to the hotel. The next I hear is that you've got you've got off with Tom, Tom FM, and I thought, oh, I'll see him in the. No, I won't. I won't see him ever again. <laughs> so, no, I, so I, 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 I Irish exited. We were like sitting in a hotel lobby, and I was like, I'm gonna go home, and I just left. And then Tom ran out, and he's like, "You good?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm just going back to the hotel." He's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And I'm walking back to the hotel, and I walk by this casino, and I'm like, "I could have another beer." So I just, well, you know, you end up, you, sometimes you end up like in a, you feel like you're in a cut scene or something, or like you're just surrounded by NPCs. I went, I just went into this casino in, 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 in East London and just sat down and had one Guinness that was subpar, I might add. Um, and I, I don't know why, like, I just walked up. They're like, you want to come in? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then the casino, well, you know, it was a casino with like, you know, 3 a.m. and there were there were just every person you saw, you're like, I would love to know your life story. It was very, very it was just bizarre. And then I had, I had the one Guinness and then I just went back to the hotel and went to sleep. One Guinness. Wow. Yeah, I just yeah, had I, one well, refined pint like a gentleman. That was that was what well, I did. If, if, if mom was listening, just know that I went back to the same hotel because me and Zina were staying at the same place. And I was like a concerned parent. Where is he? I hope he's all right. I hope he finds his way back. Oh, oh my God, he's in another country. But you didn't care. But I knew you wouldn't care. I thought to the point where we are months on, and I'm now telling you about my concern. I thought I could message him, but he won't see that until November. So there'll be no point. Like so, well, it's actually so, not yeah, November yet. I would have seen it before. I then. was actually concerned, and then I heard you with Tom FM, and I thought, well, if they both die, I go up to the, I, I raise in the, in the football manager subscriber charts. So it's worth it if something goes wrong. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, I'm climbing. No, but at the time I wasn't thinking that. At the time I was thinking, I hope he's all right. Because, like, and I was like, "Does anyone seen Z?" Because I was thinking he's not going to know where he is. Whereas I'm actually, local. I've, I've been around there a couple, every, every time I go to London. I stay in the same center. Like every every time I go to London, I stay in that center. It's like right at the end of the line there. It's perfect. Well, you live in your own. You live in your own universe. Generally, you you don't <laughs> live on the same time zone as anyone else, or like you, I don't. I don't. You just live in Z land. That's what. You should, that's what I'm going to start saying from now on. You don't live in like the land you live in Zealand. it's a completely different Thank place you. no it is we have our own language our own currency and we issue our own passports um i will say i want you to choose whether you would have your sunday which was waking up at 8 a.m and riding that train back with kev or my sunday because i woke up and i i don't know if you know this development and i'm running the new york marathon and so i've heard about that, this that, yeah that, i was in the training process so i woke up couple of the jaeger bombs the guinnesses whatever this had the same night that you had, had really and yeah. and i woke up and had to run seven miles at some point right. in that day so i woke up and ran seven miles at a 13 minute per mile pace which is basically walking although i did run the entire thing and then just dry heaved for about five minutes and got in a cold shower 
and, 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 you know, contemplated whether this was worth it to play football manager for a living. So I've got to choose between if, that you, horrendous experience it, or either riding the, Yeah, you either run oh, seven miles or go on the train back with Aluja. Start the stopwatch. <laughs> start the start of running. Start the stopwatch. Get the seven miles. I just ran around yeah. West Ham Stadium like five times. That was it. Yeah. That was, that was what we did. I was, which I was is, which is funny, really, because there's, there's a running track inside. You should have knocked. But um, leave it. No, it's just he's 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 a lot like he's actually not too bad in, in person because you sort of it's not Lelujo, it's Kevin Chapman. But at eight in the morning, when I've had three hours like of unhappy sleep, yeah. having been absolutely gone in, it was he was the last person on planet Earth I wanted to be set opposite while he tucked into a sandwich. So, yeah. Oh, I just know it was some grotesque sandwich like egg salad. Well, I remember coming down for breakfast. There was like a, there was a selection of like four or five own creators, and uh. I I I turned the coffee machine on without putting the cup on, <laughs> and at that point they knew it was going to be a long morning. So I was so like, "Oh are. God, I've, I've made yeah. an absolute mess of this one." Oh, no, it was bad. I was just like, "Oh, I'm not doing this." And she comes over. She goes, "What's your room number?" I'm going up one of them up there. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you my loud. I'll, I'll give you my card. You figure it out. I yeah, no, was, yeah, but I've not been drunk since then. But um. Probably a yeah, YM. It's just a long residual hangover. Yeah, well, carrying through. <laughs> it has worn off. But no, I will. Uh, I look forward to the next football manager event when I get to. Or I'll come over and see you in the marathon if you want. Coming to New Do York? Yeah, well, I'd love to. You know, I'd like to. The NHL, NHL season's just started again. Oh, Rangers I know. The, the, like lightning, the Lightning won last night. I'm yeah, so good. Excited. We'll get into that again when we recap in six months for our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it, was a, it was a good first return to 20 good minutes. We can record it live every week. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, the next one we'll do, we'll talk about Football Manager. Yeah, because FM24 beta should be coming out soon. But that'll be on the next episode of the 20 Good Minutes podcast. Ben, thank you again for joining me as a guest. I own this. So <laughs> stop it. Bye. Thanks, listeners. Good to be back. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.